Welcome to another episode of Pulp Revelators, where we get together and talk about things in our pop culture, whether that's music and books or comics and games. Um, tonight, we got a pretty fun one for you. Uh, we have Gary Skirka, we have Dio, we have Contavious, we have Zach, and we have Mike Valiant, and I'm Jeff Sanders, and we are going to be talking about, hey, somebody's already getting us started. We are just talking about God in uh, popular music. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> what is happening right now? That is the worst, bro. <laughs> really Why is this happening? No. For those of you who are going to listen to us later, uh, what we have here is we've got one of uh, our revelators here. Zach is wearing a Phantom of the Opera-esque. Matt. Fabula, a fabulous so for those of you who oh, no. need to watch the video as well if you're just uh, going to be listening to this over the podcast so um <laughs> and contavious instantly regrets coming here tonight <laughs> Same. Same. That light is lighting your head up. That don't look so bald. Where you go, man? Where you go? I just, I had to go check. There was a fire in the kitchen. I had to check it out. Did you put it out with your hand? <laughs> We know, we know Zach can't get that off uh, too quick because he says his duct tape. That straight up disappeared, though. <laughs> hey, Zach, where did you go, Zach? Oh, no. You gonna put a hat on? Appearance, man. Just make yeah, it I'm trying to get better light. <laughs> yeah, there it is. A little bit better. There it is. Oh, it's hard. All right. Yes, I really yes, like that. Much, much better now. There you go. <laughs> All right. I didn't realize this was our Pulp Fiction episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Contavious, where's your mask? Where's my mask? Yeah, um, man. <gasps> I tend to wear bandanas when I'm out in public. Uh, I'm not a big mask guy, but I'll find one. I'll I'll get one of those masks on Amazon right now. <laughs> the bar is really low because last week I just had a a uh, paper plate paper plate cut in half. So no, this is serious. I feel underdressed now. That's yeah, yeah, you and me both. I feel I feel like this is gonna become a theme now. It is. It is. It absolutely is. It sure oh, is. Jeff, I need to see you in a full size like famous <clears throat> outfit or Barney outfit during one of the next episodes. Oh cool, it's man. On. It's on. I'm, I'm there. Oh I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, we will be, be a different McDonald's character. There you go. I'll be Grimace. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> okay. This has got to be a record. We have gotten off topic before we even got to the topic. Yes, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> what so, is the said topic? What's the topic tonight? Oh, Obviously music. 
we are talking about pop culture songs that speak of God or heaven. Um, you know, they may not necessarily be the feature or an accurate kind of uh, presentation, but they at least speak about God in some way. Um, you know, there are a lot of them. I was actually like Contavious, uh, he and I were texting a few man, months ago now, because it was probably yeah. at the beginning of the uh, pandemic. And we were talking about this topic. And ever since he mentioned it, I, I was like going through all these different songs. And, you know, they're always like uh, really, really good uh, that pops in my head. But I'll save that till I actually talk about it later. But just kind of thinking about different songs and going through it, um, it was just like, there are tons. There are so many. So I guess what I'll do is um, I'll start off with the guy who's usually the most prepared and usually has his stuff real real together for our episodes, Dio. Um, so what songs do you have? What songs did you think of when we mentioned this topic? Because of the text message, I'm not going to go with Contavious because that was obviously my first one. But... Um, uh, another one I was thinking of was DMX. So he he had a he had a tough run, man. Mm. DMX to run the game. He 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 definitely had his own unique sound, but he got into some trouble, uh, some addiction trouble, some you know police trouble, some financial trouble, and then he came back with a song called "Lord Give Me a Sign." Like that was like a, a big kind of like controversial song because DMX was you know always referencing God, heaven and hell, the devil and all this in his music. But this one was more like a um kind of like a like a, a plea to God, kind of like, like, man, I'm struggling. I need you, like, you know, um, just give me some kind of sign, any kind of sign to, to show me that like you're real. And he caught a lot of heat from it. But I think from that, you know, because he's always he's always believed. Like you could tell from his lyrics you, you know, he's always had his struggles, his demons, whatever. But this one was more or less like I seen like a, um, a behind the scenes kind of thing. And he was talking about it. And he was like, man, you know, it, it came to a point where, you know, he, he was always picking himself up. He was always figuring out what his next move and his next step was. But it came to a point where he knew that everything he's done has not worked, no matter all the riches and fame and everything wealth, whatever he, he none of that kind of helped him to where he wanted to be spiritually he could have all the money but he would blow it you know but um this one he was like man I, he basically said i i'm crying out i need i need a guy you know what i mean i need god to show me a sign and i i think that one was like so real man he caught a lot of heat from it but you know because people are like oh dmx always doing this doing that but i think that one was real regardless of you know, I don't know where he's at now, you know, but um, that that was a real, a real call, a real cry, man. And, um, you know, it was just, it's just a good song. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can remember that. Um, well, DMX, again, as you stated, and almost all of his music from Jump, you know, he, he always made reference to, references to God. You see a lot of that in hip hop in general. There's always some yeah, sure. reference to God. It's wild, right? Because, the you know, a lot of the, a lot of the lyrics, you know, are, are vulgar and not all cases, but you know what I mean? In, in a lot of mainstream, right. but there's all, there always seems to be some thanksgiving to God or some mention of praying. Right. Um, so it's, it's that, that, uh, that parallel, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting, 
Oh, go ahead, Dio. Sorry about that. I was going to say, just as far as DMX, like, specifically, he's always been so conflicted in not necessarily his faith, I believe, but I think it's more of his stance because he was always like a street cat. He was hardcore. He was this, you know, he was the dog man. He was, you know, whatever. But then he always knew that there was an angel, there was a devil on the shoulder, but it was so much easier for him to look at the devil and be like, all right, then let's roll rather than go the alternate route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what got him in so many of situations that he was in, you know what I mean? From filing bankruptcy to being addicted to drugs, you know, everything. So, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, he, he, he dug himself in multiple holes that he climbed out of, but I think, you know, going to prison, doing this, and I think he kind of got to a point where, you know what I mean? Like he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't climb out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. When you think about, if you want to hear people, kind of wrestle with God outside the church walls and in popular music is more likely where it's going to happen. When God, when we're in church, we expect God to happen and you know, act in certain ways and, and be present in certain songs and certain prayers. When you, yeah. when you read, when you listen to music outside of church music and God comes up, it's because somebody has something to say, you know, they want to reach out, they're in pain, they're angry or they're joyous, but they're, they're inventing their own language as a way to talk to God, right. which is really cool. You know, and that's a light, I think where a lot of creativity happens. Yeah. And there's certain genres of music that you particularly hear the mention of God, obviously country music. A lot of the songs include God. Uh, what's interesting is to hear that in R and B. And like you said, raps, so much of rap doesn't center around those kind of issues, the church issues, and yet they bring up God and they talk about God or they talk about church. Um, it's interesting, though, the, the types of, of music that, um, you know, a, a lot of the artists really have influence um, and do talk about God. Yeah, and even if they don't talk about God throughout their whole album, when they get an award, they always thank God first. They do. Yeah, absolutely first. I guess I'll piggyback off you, Dio, because one of the songs I mentioned was a Kanye West song, "Jesus Walks." It's one of his, it was one of his early big hits. Um, that was like it was a smash. Yeah, yeah, it was a smash. And yeah. um, you know, again, uh, you know, part of what I love about the song, you know, he has his, these lines towards the, you know, in his one section, you know, where he talks about all different types of people and different types of walks of life, and you know, though. I think he mentions a stripper and, and, you know, all these, all these other unsavory, you know, titles, but even though these folks, you know, are doing these things and and have these lifestyles, you know, God is still with them. And so, I mean, that's what makes that song, you know, I think powerful. Yeah. It was so real. It was like, so like, it's like no, no matter who you are, where you are, what you were doing, you could relate to that track. Like, and that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that Kanye West was so behind the scenes being a producer and an engineer before he ever did that track that, you know, he didn't technically he didn't need money. He was rich already. But at the same right. time that I think that song spoke to him. And then if you listen to all his stuff, he's always, again, made references, or, you know, or set, say this and say that to kind of make you believe like, man, I, I think that dude 
you know, believes or has faith or whatever. But mm. went to his, you know, recent album to you to live was like real with him or whatever. But um mm. yeah, that, that that song was so real, man. Like it was it was the truth, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's what everybody related. And then people obviously, oh, you Kanye West is a new Christian rapper, you know, and you know, the church you know, sadly enough, is so willing to embrace anybody that says Jesus that they just want to embrace him. Like, oh, like Eminem has a song called Best Friend with uh, Yellow Wolf. And they're talking about the Father and the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Blah, blah, whatever. So people are like, oh, Eminem's a Christian rapper now. I, I don't believe that Eminem's a Christian rapper, but if you listen to his lyrics, you know, I, I believe that he does know God now, which is kind of funny to say because he has a lot of other things in his lyrics, but if you truly are a lyricist and you dissect lyrics, man, a lot of these dudes, you can hear the struggle. You can see it's evident in their lyrics and what they write because, you know, hip hop is poetry, rap is poetry. So when people write raps, it's literally a lyrical, you know, uh, interpretation of their own heart and feelings and reflections of what they've seen, the streets, what the environments they grew up in and what they feel. So when you hear these things, you're like, man, that dude is struggling or he's just close or you pray for him or you do this, or you do that or whatever. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's just a lot. It's a lot of people. There's another cat named Haystack who got a, a song. Uh, he's a um, uh, a white rapper from like Tennessee that he, he basically talks about. I got angels watching over me. But at the same time, he's talking about how he knows he has angels watching over him because he, he's done all these dirty things and these like kind of hood things and he's still breathing he's still alive he's still made it through so where most people be like oh i got angels you know praise jesus i'm up in church he's out in the streets saying i got angels watching over me so it's a completely different looking at angels christ heaven god faith through a completely different lens and i think sometimes that's needed inside the walls of the church as well as outside, you know? I keep looking at Zach's uh, video and I'm waiting for like that wall to split open and there's a big pipe organ and the whole scene <laughs> from Fan of the Opera behind him. So <laughs> steam start coming from behind him, smoke and stuff. Like, Cause Dio is like saying some really profound things and all I hear in my head is. Oh, the lights start flickering like. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, even like outside of rap songs and some of these other songs that um, everyone's named prior to this. Um, and after this, we'll release a playlist of songs, at least the ones that I've captured. Um, and uh, a lot of them talk about people's different struggles through life that can be related to that whole struggle with God. And um, one of the interesting things, Dio, you were talking about how like nowadays when somebody throws out Jesus's name or anything related to Christianity, it's almost like the Christian community wants to adopt that and be like, oh, yeah, look at them. They're, they're talking about God. Um, yeah. Whereas like if you look at Madonna's Like a Prayer, man, when that song came out, it was boycotted. I mean, they were it, it was controversial. Well, I think the main thing that, you know, that my my personal belief and this could be no one else's belief on here but my personal opinion on the the church american church as a whole is that you know the church used to dictate you know 
certain like elements of what was popular, what was this, what was that. But now it, it's the opposite. So the church wants to kind of almost be accepted. Like even a lot of Christian music, like wants to sound identical to, you know, music that's on the radio that may not be Christian or whatever. And they do whatever possible to get that. So they're accepted by the radio stations or the world or whoever top 25, top hundred, whatever billboards, whoever it is. So to me, that's kind of, that's a lost art. Like I said, that the, the church could dictate what's cool, what's popular, what's what it is, but you just got to believe that. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be, you know, of the world to be in the world. Like you can go out there and be who you are, a man, a woman of God and stand firm and be so strong and bold in that and not try to be like somebody who's not, you know what I mean? And I think that should go in every element. Like, you know, you can do a Christian comic book if you, if that's what you want to do and do, do your comic book. Don't try to be somebody else because you know what I mean? Like, and to me that, that's what's kind of sad when I look at it like that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Dio. And at the same time, like, I've just got this thing in my head where I'm thinking, okay, what is the, if I'm, if I'm trying to think of a song that'll get stuck in my head from a popular artist who kind of adopted and went with a, a spiritual theme, it's MC Hammer's Pray. If you remember when that came out, and yeah. all, you, know, you go from can't touch this and us to pray. Right, and, right. You know, I remember the video and I remember it coming out, and you're like, oh, okay. And you couldn't not laugh about it, but the message was tight. You know, you're like, yeah. it was hardcore. Like, we're going to pray. Just to make it today, I say we pray. But see, but that was hard, man. People don't know Hammer was hard in the streets too, man. Hey, he wasn't no joke either. Yeah. I mean, but that was the thing about Madonna also, Mike. You know, uh, she went from, uh, you know, like a virgin to, uh, you know, that prayer song. And you're like, no wonder people were like up in arms like, hey, this is controversial. You know, she, there was such a, a dichotomy between what she sang earlier on and then a song like that, you know, like a prayer. So... Hey, that was pretty funny when you said Madonna went from like a virgin to some. <laughs> you just don't hear the song. You just hear like Madonna was a virgin. Yeah, I was, I was wondering like where you were going with that. For right, right, right. I was like, it's a family show, Jeff. Come on. Yeah. Right, no, right. I mean, with um, with with like a prayer, there was so much. I mean, there was imagery as well in the video that caused a lot of, uh, I mean, <laughs> It was a big deal. I remember being a kid and like, what's the big deal? It's they're talking about prayer. And then it's like the Vatican's denouncing it. Um, you know, so there was just a lot of I mean, it focused on social issues that are currently still ongoing. And, um, you know, it kind of caused a lot of controversy. It kind of uh, hit the status quo, especially in Christian land. And there was a lot of people that got highly upset. And um, it was kind of a I don't know for its time it was kind of amazing and she was uh you know she was kind of, she was unapologetic it was she she was just like you know this was my statement and I don't know like to this day I still love that song and I'll still watch that video because I just it, it did speak things that are truth they were ugly truths but 
they were truths that people needed to see. Um, so it is kind of, uh, it, it was interesting, but it, it's interesting that there is a turn. Um, you know, there are some that people, uh, there, there are some songs that the church will support and some songs that they won't. won't. My wife, um, she teaches at a Christian private school and one of her kids were, was listening to God's plan by Drake on the school iPad. And, um, you know, one of the other teachers came in, he's like, what are you listening to? And he got highly upset over it. Now, to me, it's like, in some ways, yes, there can be a lot misleading and people can get things wrong. But um, for a kid to listen to something, and he was listening to it because it said the name was God's plan. Um, So I, it is interesting the difference of opinions and i think it's also um dependent upon what how can i say this right without insulting anybody it's gonna be difficult and usually i don't care but you know um it it depends on like kind of what denominational beliefs you prescribe to um like mike was talking about footloose that's still a very realistic type of thing because there are certain denominations that do not believe in dancing um, now I, I find that just to me, that's so foreign because I think dancing is a beautiful thing. I can't do it. It's one of the regrets. I literally have two left feet and just look completely. Um, I, I think a friend of mine described, I asked him to go ice skating and he said that he looks like a baby moose trying to stand up on ice when he goes ice skating. And I feel like that's how I look when I'm dancing like a baby moose trying to stand up on a slippery surface. Um, but it, you know, to me, it is, it's, it's like, it depends upon what denominational beliefs you subscribe to sometimes, whether these songs are acceptable, whether these songs are positive. Um, to me, I, I kind of just love all music and it's, um, so sometimes I have problems with the, uh, beliefs that are foreign to me, but it's also the same as, you know, a belief outside of Christianity is completely foreign to me. You kind of have to try to be open and make and not make them, but just, you know, communicate why you think it's beautiful. Yeah. That's and just to, to like expound on, you know, you talking about belief and again, having that acceptance, which I feel like presently, and I won't digress too far, but accepting the fact that someone grew up learning and believing these things. And it's a part of, the neurological makeup and having some sensitivity to that. Right. Um, I think we all need more of it. You know, it's like, just because I don't agree with you and your belief system, like it doesn't mean I hate you. Right. Like it's because your, your church doesn't believe that dancing's, you know, okay. Like I don't hate you and your whole family and your church congregation. Right. It's some acceptance and understanding of, of people's beliefs. Um, and I think that, you know, again, to, to parallel with the discussion and us with these songs, Right. Like some churches believe that secular music should never have any mention of God, of it, right. God in it. And, you know, for me, it's like if I'm, I'm of the mindset that, well, if more of that is being spoken about and, and shared out in the world, that's a good thing. If this is a popular artist who's, you know, who's sharing, you know, some spiritual base and, and belief with folks, I, I think that's a good thing, you know, right. um, and also, I guess the segue is to another song. I don't. Yeah. Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles. It blew me away when you mentioned that. Because that, that's not like, it, to, to, like it, that was not the first. 
uh, song that popped in my head when you discussed this, but then when you said it, you're like, I was like, yeah, that's like, yeah, dude, that was like a good pull for this episode. Rocky Raccoon, man. I mean, are we all from pretty familiar with the tune? Like, I, I pulled up lyrics. That's what I've been doing. I have another screen here, so I'm pulling up as you guys are talking about songs. Like, I'm pulling up lyrics and, and going back through them. But Rocky Raccoon is a, it's a really cool tune. Um, you know, essentially, like, you know, it's a story of a dude, you know, downtrodden, you know, gets, gets you know, a woman leaves him for another person. He seeks revenge. Um, <laughs> tries to start a, a gunfight, loses the gunfight, right, but survives, you know. But th- there's this very intricate part, you know, where he, he has access to a Bible early in the song um, that, you know, they only preface. Uh, and then, you know, obviously once he's, he's been kicked down once again, he, he retreats back to this room. And um, the cool line, it's, you know, the, it's Gideon's Bible. And, and the last line is, you know, Gideon checked out. And he left it, no doubt, to help with good Rocky's revival. So he left his Bible, you know, to help revive, you know, Rocky, you know. So, I mean, everything about the song is cool. Like, look at the name of the guy, Rocky, Rocky Times. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, don't get me started on the Beatles. I'm going to shut up. You all could talk more about this song because I could spew about it for an hour. No, I, I, I love the Beatles and I was glad that you brought it up. Plus, this is kind of like it, the song was a rarity. It was a country ballad by the Beatles, which is like, it's, it wasn't like a common occurrence type of deal at all. And um, just like the whole finding the Gideon Bible at the end, like you were saying and seeing, you know, all of these things that led him to an end where he found this Bible, all these tragedies, all these poor choices, um, this hate, this desire for revenge. I mean, it's literally like reading a story from the Bible. And then at the end he comes to the word. So it was kind of a, yeah, that was, that was definitely an incredible song. Just a, a out of its uh, rarity. And I don't think there's a lot of people that have listened to it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I, my wife is like amazing with music type of stuff. And I'm pointing like she's standing behind me. Look, she's right there. Um, but uh, <laughs> she, um, she, she could probably like talk about, that song for hours where I've probably maybe listened to it like five times. And now I'm probably going to listen to it multiple times after this. Um, it's a genius. Yeah, it is. And it's not one of the ones that you usually see on the greatest hits albums. So it's one of those ones where, you know, you have to have that kind of deep desire to listen to. And I'm not sure at the time when it came out, since other than Jeff, I don't think any of us were around. Um, or paying attention, the uh, what the reception was to that song, you know, the way that Madonna's was. I mean, was was there, you know, some some controversy? Was there some like, oh, they shouldn't have done that? Um, I, that I don't know, but I think we oftentimes now we always look to motive, right, or or the intention, you know. Oh well. You know, somebody so-and-so is just trying to be sensational. They're just trying to get attention. So they're going to throw God out there. And, you know, and sometimes that may be, and sometimes there could be a, a real change that's happened in somebody's life. Um, I try to think of one of the songs and, and, you know, just to segue into a, a different song, one of the songs that was on my mind was, um, 
when the Roots and Monsters of Folk got together and did Dear God 2.0. And, you know, the video and the lyrics are just great. And, you know, so you, you've got a guy who's, you know, Dear God, I'm trying to reach you. I see your face in all I do. Sometimes it's hard to believe it, but got to know you have your reasons. And so you've got this wrestling with this life that doesn't feel like God is present and, and seeing all the bad things that are going on and kind of reaching out. And, you know, you've got a Psalm situation, you, you know, this, this struggle, this wrestle with, you know, how do I know God is there when everything looks bad around me? And I mean, to me, there's nothing more real than that. You know, that's, that's, those are those God moments when we're at a low spot and somebody is looking and, and they did a great job of putting it out there of, of, again, those motivations of, okay, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you act crooked in a crooked world to get by, or do you try to change the game? Because most people don't want to try to change the game. Now we haven't heard a word from the Phantom of Distraction um, and his mask down there. So who knows what's cooking? Think what do you got, Phantom? We think back to earlier episodes of this podcast. I don't know anything about music and am not really a music person. So I'm really just listening because I had never even heard the song Rocky Record before. I had no you listen to Nickelback. <laughs> I did. When I was younger, I did. I did. But you have a, a musical mask on. I do. I have a Phantom of the Opera mask on. Ish. Ish. It's kind of a nice little... Uh, maybe this is all different. I contribute to this podcast today, is this mask. It's kind of Phantom of the Opera meets Legion of Doom, Road Warriors it's, kind of thing. I mean, this dude on top, though, he's looking actually kind of creepy. <laughs> Gothic. So. You know, yeah. I, I could see him on the side of like an old church or something. I can see him in the road warrior. Hmm. Driving on some dune buggy out in the desert. I could see that. So um, when Contavious, uh, when he, the first, there was one song that popped in my head, like immediately when he mentioned this topic and um, it, it's Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Um, and I think at this stage in my life, I would almost say that, uh, Leonard Cohen's my spirit animal because I love his poetry. I love his music. Um, and he was just a cool dude when you listen to him in interviews and all. Um, but like hallelujah is just this haunting song to me. Um, when you listen to it played and there's so much biblical imagery in it. I mean, it literally starts off with, I hear there was a secret chord that David played to please the lord um and then later on your faith was strong but you needed proof you saw her bathing on the roof her beauty in the moonlight overthrew you she tied you to a kitchen chair she broke your throne she cut your hair and from your lips she drew the hallelujah if there's not like lyrics or a song that talks about you know um life struggles and the looking for a higher meaning and you know all of that it, it's all wrapped up in this song and the music behind it his voice everything like i said it's just haunting um you know you, you can hear uh, just you know 
everything about it. It's just like, it sticks with you. Um, and it's been remade and tributes to it like multiple times. I know Jeff Buckley did it. Um, I think Katie Lang somewhere along the lines did it. I I've been to multiple churches that have rewritten it to fit, um, you know, a, a Sunday church service better, but they've used the same music scheme. And um, it's just like, you know, if there's one song that I would like say, everyone, please listen to from this podcast. Well, it would be all of them. Um, and please go back and listen to all our podcasts too. see what I did there. But um, it's a, uh, it's more, man, this song, it will literally just, it'll stick with you as you hear it in his version. You have to listen to Leonard Cohen sing it. First, please go check out all the other versions by all means, but listen to Leonard Cohen. The movie sing Shrek, song. You've probably heard it. What's that? Said so it's in the movie Shrek. That's where I first heard it. Wow. That does not surprise me. <laughs> there, there goes you, your music. You, you do know play. music. You you do know music, Phantom. <laughs> does anybody know the story though? Uh what was going on? Is there a backstory to that? Um Gary It's about this uh green ogre that um comes across <laughs> this princess. That's <laughs> what I needed to know. That's that's uh, I don't know how was that not was the story you were asking for. <laughs> uh read between the lines. Uh, if he, Leonard had all kinds of struggles. I mean, he um he was this really deep dude, and, um, uh, and you know he had nothing to do with ogres. Uh, but uh, it, you know, even his other songs, like um, you know, he he sings that you know of democracy that's just scathing and is more of a satire of democracy. He was just this real deep dude who could sing like. I don't think I've ever heard like a truly uplifting song from him. That's like, that's like one that you would go to be like, I feel sunny and happy afterwards. Hey, he, his songs make you think his songs make you dwell afterwards. You don't just listen to them and say, Oh, that was good. I'm going to go walk out in the sunshine. You're more like you, you stop and think. And I, again, I'll admit that, um, you know, again, this is another piece of music my wife introduced me to because prior to meeting my wife, I was Zach. Um, but, uh, you know, just listening to the Shrek soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you, um, can't, uh, you can't deny Smash Mouth. <laughs> so anyway, um, so but like ever since, like he, he does, you, you just you dwell on what you just listen to and you think about what he said and, you know, you make your own type of things, but he's a guy that, man, he, you have to read some of his books and then his poetry. Um, I actually have this one and I love it's his poems and actually all his, the lyrics to all his songs as well. And it's just like, he, man, he more than a singer, he was a philosopher. So um, a lot of his songs were basically something you would go and read in a philosophy book in this long essay. He did it lyrically in a song. So to say, so to answer your question, what was going through his head? Probably a million things. Um, you know, and that Genius. was the yeah. Yeah, I mean, another yeah. person that people think of is kind of a. Uh, genius in his lyrics and, you know, uh, very profound, poetic, you know, like Bob Dylan, I think of Saved, 
for example, which was a very overt song. Um, you know, a lot of his songs were not so much. He was very timely, he talked about war. He talked about he talked about all kinds of things, obviously, being very poetic. But um, I was looking at the the lyrics uh, just now. And like in the third uh, stanza, I guess it says, by his truth, I can be upright. By his strength, I, I do endure. By his power, I've been lifted. In his love, I am secure. He brought me with a pro he bought me with a price, freed me from the pit, full of emptiness and wrath, and the fire that burns in it. So, for you guys who aren't familiar with much of Bob Dylan, I mean that was that was clearly an overt uh, Christian reference there. Talking, uh, well, I mean, another guy who could have been coming from just about anywhere at the time. Uh, you know, I don't know what led to this particular song and what was happening in, in his life, but I, I thought of it just now when you were talking about uh, Cohen and the the poems and, and the, the way he was very deep. I'm not going to steal Contavious Thunder because he, he named a song right before this that I, I was highly jealous I didn't think of because it's one of my favorite songs um, and Dylan wrote it. So I'll let him get to that. But there was a period in Dylan's life where he did convert to evangelical Christianity um, in the 1970s. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where there was a bunch of people who, uh, you know, they didn't, some people didn't like it to include John Lennon, who um, he wrote the song Serve Yourself in response to Dylan's Gotta Serve Somebody. Mm. Um, so it was one of those things where, you know, again, I, I would have to look at the time period that he wrote it. I can't really say if he wrote it during that time period or not, but I mean, Dylan's another one of those artists that was more than just musician. And I hope that's not insulting to anyone by saying that, but he was like, it, he was a philosopher who, again, his, his philosophy came out in his music um, and probably some of his writings. Mike, you were going to say something. Well, I mean, I don't think you're, you're, speaking that a turn it off. I mean, Dylan won the Nobel Prize for literature. I mean, so, you know, most musicians don't get that honor. And I don't think it's, but it's necessarily because of the way he played guitar. You know, I think it's his lyrics spoke deeply in a, in a literary way, just like Cohen's. You've got both those guys there our slice of life where they, they literally slice life into, into pieces and look at each one and, and pull it apart from you. And they're both spiritual seekers who, so when you're, when they're looking at life, they're looking at the, the existential problems and poverty and death and hunger and joy and, and elation. And so you get, you know, you can take uh, your, I think you're exactly right with Cohen. You, <laughs> you don't put him on for a happy hour or like, you know, or for a cocktail party necessarily It'd be a cool cocktail party, but the discussion would definitely go, go South. Um, and Dylan's the same way. I mean, you get, you're all over the map on any given album. And, and like you, Gary Cohen to me was um, someone who I've thought about written about, you know, just from lyrics, but he also had a delivery in his voice that was just, um, but I didn't, I didn't do the homework, so I'm not sure where Contavious is going with Dylan, but, I, you know, I'll mute and let you go on. Rock and roll. Yeah, so that tune, 
I mean, it, you know, obviously, I didn't know it was a Dylan song. I was first introduced to it by um, Help Me Out. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm talking about. Is it Guns N' Roses? Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, so they did a rendition of it. And so I started researching the song, and I found out that Dylan um, wrote it back in the 70s. It was for a Western. So he wrote a couple songs in the Western. I think it's called, uh, I have it up right here. Um, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, 1973. So he wrote a couple tunes for this movie. Um, I think in the film, it was instrumental. Or they may have a couple different cuts where the actual lyrics are in it. But um, yeah, you listen to it. He talks about, a, um, I don't want this badge anymore. And, you know, it's like there's there's some some Western hints in there. Um, but again, you know, the, the chorus is really where we get the whole sense of, uh, you know, the spiritual context of it. You know, I'm, I'm about to go home. I'm returning home. So it's a cool tune. It's simple, too. It's a two verses and a bunch of whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and it's, it's another one of those songs that's been um, redone. I'll admit the first time I ever heard it was the Guns N' Roses version. But I know uh, Dylan's done it. Clapton did it. Uh, you know, Clapton with... Uh, Man, I think it was on Slowhand actually, which is my favorite album uh-huh. by him. Great album. Um, the first time I ever heard it outside of Guns N' Roses was at the end of Lethal Weapon Two. It's uh, it, you know, it's it's playing in the uh, end of that, so it's a popular movie song as well because it is so, it is so well done for, especially the part where you think the hero is going to die or he is dying. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but Dylan wrote that because you, I mean, a lot of people hear it and they think it's a uh, Axel song that he wrote, and it's no, they just GNR'd it basically, and uh, you know, <laughs> and did it well. But you know, I really would recommend going to listen to Dylan's original version as well. But no, when uh, it's one of my favorite songs, and when Contavious named it, I was like, why didn't I think of that? Um, and it's just a. Uh, it's another one of those uh it's another one of those haunting songs is all i can say about it like i i i would say it's more haunting by clapton and uh dylan you know gnr you're just more like yeah it's gnr not not to knock them at all or knock their version but you know when you listen to it and you know dylan's uh vocals or clapton's vocals and with both of their guitar skills you really get a whole different level of both those songs well that one song sung by them differently. We lost the phantom, he ghosted. Ayo! <laughs> Zach, you still with us? That's what phantoms do. They appear and disappear. I mean, that's just part of being a phantom, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he set that up. He played us. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put my dog away. <laughs> so I know that the uh, the episode was really going to be focusing on the God in secular or mainstream music. Um, but, you know, there was really a time back in the 60s, 70s, during what was called the Jesus movement and Jesus people and Jesus music that all came out. Um, that really there were there were a bunch of people, basically hippies, who had given their life to Christ and happened primarily on the West Coast. And it in, it started influencing a lot of mainstream music at that time. Uh, 
and you know there were people like um gosh all of a sudden i'm i'm drawing a blank here but like randy stonehill would have been one of them keith green um larry norman he he actually was so controversial he actually did a song set that was called you know why should the devil have all the good music you know oftentimes you 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 think about uh people think that Christian music is kind of blasé um, or, but, and at the time he wasn't well received because he was kind of like long haired hippie guy. And they're like, this kind of music is of the devil. And some of the, like Gary mentioned earlier and some of the different denominations, they weren't as accepting. Um, but there was, there was some real influence that happened there and it, it changed popular music at the time. So. And see, Jeff skipping ahead to another episode where we decided to talk about the devil and music. Um, <laughs> but no, um, there were, uh, yeah, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Signing back out. Um, I'm sure a dirty hippie knows. <laughs> a mind reader? Every now and then I read minds. Oh, okay. Uh, my wife busted out. She's commenting on this and this, this entire time, by the way. Um, but she busted out uh, Spirit in the Sky, which is another really, really great song from that same time period that you're talking about, Jeff. I, I think she'll correct me if, if I was wrong. And then, man, she's just throwing songs out here like crazy. I, can't, I, should pro I probably shouldn't have been on this episode. She probably should have been. Yeah, like, <laughs> Chicago, that's like one of them, right? Yep. But um, so yeah, it, there was some uh, yeah, that was that was a good time period for uh, music. And you're right. Sometimes um, I don't think people really caught on so much. I think, well, sometimes let's face it, people when they listen to music, they don't always listen to the music. They catch the melody or the tune, and that becomes their main driving force. Sometimes that you could ask people, well, what do the lyrics say? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so I, but then there are people who are huge fans of that music, who listen to it deeply, look at the words and, um, really catch up on it. So, um, I, I just, did, I wanted to give the phantom a chance to speak before he disappears again. Zach, you did have a song that you mentioned in the, uh, text chain. So I do want you to talk about um, it. Yeah. So going back to, I don't actually know much about music. I just said Jesus takes the wheel because it was the first song that came to my head. But I don't actually know the lyrics to it besides Jesus takes the wheel. I'm pretty sure that's actually in the song and it's sung by Carrie Underwood. But that's about it. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. the whole theme was popular music. Very popular song. It was. Um, it is. Just to explain for zach because probably everyone else in the world knows what that song's about um it's it's basically it's basically about you know different points in life where she's losing control of her life and she just gives it up and says jesus take the wheel in one section of the song quite literally during a car accident um where she's lost control of the car so it's another one of those songs that could be taken literally or it could be taken as a sign to someone who's struggling um so you know sometimes you have to let go of the issue that's going on and admit that 
you know, even, even if you don't believe in a higher power, that there are some things that you just have no control over. I and thought it was about a chick who couldn't drive. Well, wait a minute. And now we're going to get hate mail. Thanks. Thanks, Theo. <laughs> um, I think the saying uh, is you're around. Welcome. You're welcome, ladies. That's that's a saying that's been around for a good while. Yeah, Jesus take the wheel, and just you know, when you when you know you don't have control of a, of a situation, you say Jesus take the wheel, and to have that be popularized into a song is pretty cool because everybody's everybody's had that situation in life, and to, and to totally spin in a different direction, you know, Jeff started in with the the, the Jesus movement and the hippie movement, and um, and so it got me thinking about the song that mentions Jesus that has the fewest actual lyrics, which would probably be the Doobie Brothers, Jesus is Just All Right. Because the whole yep. song is basically, Jesus is just all right. You know, I don't care what they may say. I don't care what they may do. Um, but either they, or you do have Jesus, he's my friend. He took me by the hand <laughs> and led me far from this land so you know but then it's just jesus just all right oh yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i mean there, there, there's a couple other good ones too like what if god was one of us or what about like um take me to church by like hosier or whatever his name is mm-hmm. see that's one of the things i think when we were just kind of talking shop a little I think people will take chances and take risks in mainstream or popular music in a way that you wouldn't in a, in a for a song that was going to be played on a Christian radio station. You know, what if God was one of us gets down to some deep philosophical theological questions, but is not a very comfortable song for a church necessarily, you know, right. I don't know, but it's, it raises great questions. And that kind of was, you know, among other things, you know, the, the point of Jesus's life was to be one of us and and show us, hey, you know what? There's a different way you can think about living than what you're doing. And here's something you might want to think about and and look how differently it turns out, you know. So. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that was a powerful song. And that's another one in the, the MC Hammer Pray vein that when you say that the, that song it sticks in my head. What if God was one of us? I, I hear her voice and I hear that song just cue up. So it's done its its, it's job. So, uh, well, no, go ahead. Well, yeah, just, just it was, it was one again, I, I pulled right before we jumped on. Um, again, I think that conflict, I think, again, you mentioned because it is secular music, you can talk more about the conflict of, and, and the things that you struggle with you know, and that we, we all struggle with when trying to find faith and on, you know, on a spiritual path, it's like when you hit these walls, right? Or when you, you know, I have a, a song that I wrote on my album and um, it kind of, it talks about th- this struggle, you know, just asking like, do you see me? You know what name, I mean? Like, name drop that piece, man, name drop it. <laughs> I forgot the name, who wrote it anyway? What's the name of it, yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. like it's gone. I know. I know, man. But it, again, it talks about that struggle. Um, I don't. I don't think that I, you know, Osborne. She really, you know, she dug in it. You know, she really got, you know, in on it. You know, my mine is my song. Uh, just comes from the perspective of 
um, like, do you see me? Do you see my struggle? You know, do you hear me? Right. And, and I think we've all been in that place where it's just like, you know, God, are you, are you out there? And, um, you know, it's, I really, you know, when I was thinking about when I was writing a song and when I decided to put it out, actually me and my friend, Justin Ryan, um, we wrote the song and, um, many years ago and we, we started the song, never completed it. And, um, it, it's called father, father, and we didn't finish it. And I, and I was, I was just struggling to find a song to finish the album out. I need another song. And so I wrapped it up, finished it up and, you know, was really on the fence about releasing it, you know, cause again, my album's secular. And, um, but I really wanted, you know, wound up really wanting this song on there cause it speaks to who I am. It's a part of who I am. And it speaks to a real struggle. I feel like a lot of people have, um, but you know, Osborne really, she really went for the juggler on her. So. Yeah, and a very similar song my wife just posted. I was already going to say it, but she, she, because she, she <laughs> to give her credit, because she has said it before we started. Um, but uh, Tori Amos, uh, sometimes, you know, guys, sometimes you just don't come through. So there's another person who's struggling, and, um, you know, it talks about unanswered prayer. So, um, or prayers that you think have been unanswered. So you're right. Like those are two, those are two uh, female artists that really hit it hard, and really kind of brought up the, um, you know, you're right. It's just pure and out there. Just that whole, you know, that sometimes that disappointment you feel. Um, yeah. It didn't Garth Brooks actually have a song called Unanswered Prayer? Wasn't that one of his? I don't know how many of you actually listen to any country music. But it basically talks about he was thankful that he was praying that this woman would be with him, and uh, he 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 wanted her to to be his wife, and God didn't answer that prayer, and so because of that, he actually met the person that he was supposed to marry. That's the gist of the song. I don't know if any of you have heard it or know it, but I love Garth Brooks, <laughs> the Phantom. I love it. All right. And he's out. <laughs> You're not going to elaborate at all. <laughs> You're just going to up on Garth Brooks. Yeah, he, that's all that all I got. And and the, uh, what do you want? Just love, just love Garth Brooks. That's it. Enough. <laughs> he's Look, like, I don't go deep in songs. Garth Brooks. Me. He's like one of them to death. Um, wait a minute, Zach. Was it? <laughs> was it last episode or this episode or before this episode or at some point that you said you like Lincoln Park? I did. It was, uh, uh, I think it was this episode. I said my MySpace used to have Lincoln Park play when you, there you got go. to it. Getting old. I can't remember if it but was. But in an old episode when we talked about something, I also said that I listened to a lot of Lincoln Park growing up. Well, good. Um, what I've done, the exact lyric is. Let mercy come and wash away what I've done. True mm, that. So, um, you know, it's brief. It's really quick. It's repeated during the song. But, you know, mercy is kind of a, uh, it's a, you know, a concept there. Another band, um, Disturbed, another rock band, has a lot of, or has several spiritual songs. Um, then, well, believe and the light, and then there's vengeful one, but that's not really spiritual. That's very 
That's a, just an angry, disturbed song. So. <laughs> well, you you bring up rock and rock and roll, and um, well, just kind of heavier rock, and a song comes to mind for me: um, Queens of the Stone Age. No one knows. Y'all remember that song? People don't know how like it's. I mean, it's it's deeply spiritual, um, and it's a really cool song. Um, and it's it's um, it just talks about being lost. Um, and it's, it's, it's just kind of like this, how do I explain it? I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. One is simple. It's like three verses. And again, it just kind of talks about him being lost. And, but all of a sudden in the last verse, he recognizes that, um, he's been given a gift, a gift by God. And, you know, no one knows, you know, how great that gift is, but it's just heavy. I mean, this is ripping, this is ripping rock song. And it's, it's, it's really cool contrast. I think to be talking about something spiritual and then to have this um, this heavy music, this driving music. Well, that makes me think, Contavious, you, you talk about driving music and I think about music that's gotten me through low points in life, you know, so some of the things, that, and I remember, you know, commuting to DC for a few years and having like one of my, you know, really tough years and it was, Audio Slave uh, and Chris Cornell that were just going, it, part of it was just jamming. I mean, just turning it up and just having sound move the car more than the, than the pedal, you know, and just, just going. But you've got a lot of deep stuff going on there too. In, you know, take a song like, like a stone and, you know, Cornell sings on my deathbed, I will pray to the gods and the angels like a pagan to anyone who will take me to heaven, um, to a place I recall, is there song little, the sky was bruised, the wine was bled, and there you led me on. And I mean, steep. Yeah, you've got great you've got, pool, great pool, man. That's a great, sure, a man. lot of, and that, and that really was an album that 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 helped me get through a spot. You know, now oddly, you know, it it's part of what made me think of it was Zach talking about Lincoln Park because you always have Chester Bennington and Cornell connected in their deaths now, you know, in, in the way they took their lives and, you know, and that's rough. Um, but Cornell is, is one of those voices and one of those, you know, souls that I will always connect with helping me through a rough time. Well, apparently they were really close in real life too. So that was, uh, you, you're right. There's like more connections than uh, I think not in that entire situation. And I agree. Cornell is another one of those, uh, I, I keep labeling on this. I'm going to keep doing it. Those uh, philosopher musicians that, you know, you listen to the different tunes and you're kind of like, man, you know, you, there, there are songs I won't say that leave a scar. They leave an impression. A strong impression. I don't think impressions like a strong enough word, you know. And there, there are those songs out there. There are those songs that you listen to, and you're like, "Oh, that's really cool." I listen to that on a nice sunny drive. And there are songs that you're like, "I just need to sit here and think after I listen to that." And uh, you know, those are some of those. Some of the artists we've talked to tonight are those type of artists. You talk about the the musician philosopher and. I don't know if there's any uh, Sturgill Simpson fans besides myself on here, but I, you know, 
a, a guy who I love, kind of a, a psychedelic hippie country singer. Um, and his, uh, he has a song called Turtles All the Way Down um, that, that starts, I've seen Jesus play with flames in a lake of fire that I was standing in, met the devil in Seattle, and spent nine months in the lion's den, met Buddha yet another time, and he showed me gl a glowing light within, but I swear that God is there every time I glare into the eyes of my best friend. And, and you talk about, you know, the, he was one of the ultimate philosopher musicians to me, that, you know, the, even the whole idea of turtles all the way down, if you know that saying is, you know, that, that idea that the, the universe is built on a turtle, is carried on the back of a turtle and well the question is well what's carrying the turtle and the answer is it's turtles all the way down so like a turtle carrying a turtle carrying a turtle carrying you know so you got a guy who goes deep you know real quick right off the bat um and who just has a great sound to him too but another philosopher would be tupac Tupac got a song called Only God Can Judge Me. I mean, that just mm -hmm. title alone explains, but obviously he was another one that kind of went through a lot of stuff and, you know, he he was in the streets, you know what I mean? But, it, it, I mean, you can look at, it's literally riddled through all of his many albums. He got, you know, Lord knows, he got Only God Can Judge Me. He got does heaven got a ghetto like he got so many different songs that literally is the same thing and he was extremely poetic and you know he um was one of those guys that when, when you listen to his lyrics like the beat was hype like you know whatever like he always had songs that literally dug into your chest no matter what it was no matter if it was an aggressive song that made you want to fight or if it was a song you know to your mom that made you think about, man, like how much she's done for me or a song, you know, what a, a, a lady, a song to the lady saying, keep your head up no matter what it was. Like this dude was so poetic about what he did. And he always came back to talking about God, or Jesus or heaven or hell. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, when, when you write from your heart, man, like God knows what he's doing. So these, I think all these dudes that we're talking about, or all these artists that we're talking about, like, you know, it's no coincidence that these things are all connected with, you know, heaven, faith, or Jesus, or whatever it might be, because, you know, that's one of God's main things was for us to worship him, for us to, you know what I mean? And even if, you know, one person might look at it like, oh, well, you can't say Tupac, worship God. Other person might say, oh, well, you can't say this person. You can't, you know what I mean? Like where someone is like when I was listening in the streets and I was listening to Tupac, when I heard him talking about being a thug, I heard him talking about Jesus and God just as loud and clear. You know what I mean? So things speak to people in certain situations that, you know, might not speak to others in different situations. So it's just kind of awesome, man, when great writing can literally penetrate your chest and dig into you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's great. Dude.
So um, I think that uh, kind of brings us to the end because I, I have a funny feeling we could probably all sit here for pretty much the rest of the night and still pull out songs that mention it. Um, and but I think after a while, people are going to trail off. So, um, you know, with Dio, you know, Dio kind of gave us a really good ending there. Um, but I highly recommend everyone who tuned in, everyone who listened, anyone who listens to the audio in the future. Um, just anyone kind of check out some of these songs and comment to us what songs you enjoyed, what songs really kind of reach you. Um, as you can see, it stretches all the way from rap to um, Shrek. And there's so I mean, there's like all kinds of, uh, you know, there's a whole it crosses genres. Um, it really kind of uh, everyone could uh, talk about some type of struggle in their life and something that gives them hope. And yeah, make sure to check out Gary's wife's list that she put on Facebook also. Uh, did she? Did she? Really, yeah, I figured yeah, she posted a bunch on there. I, um, I think it's also worth plugging the, the Facebook lives here because, you know, we're like everybody else that, that the main reason we tune in is to see what mask Zach is going to wear next. So the next time we go live, I mean, you could have Deadpool. You could have the, the Black Panther, Spider-Man, Batman. We don't know. Well, the theme is, for all you know, I've screenshot your faces and I'm going to have a mask of you next. <laughs> Got to tune in next time to find out. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, everybody. Uh, good night, everybody. And uh, please, just a uh, shameless post time, please check out Contavious Jones' music, Bohemian Beatbox. And also, uh, our very own Dio has the brides dressed in black. Um, check out their music. It's on YouTube. And you can get both of their um, albums through Amazon Music and all major iTunes, uh, pretty much all major music carriers. And with that, I bid everyone a um, good night and enjoy watching Shrek, because now I want to. Ladies and gentlemen, Contavious Jones.
you say